This is The Braither Point. The real war is in us and above us, blood and space, micro and macro. The pandemic was fake, but bioweapons are real. But Redford's Condor remake and Pine's new picture is big pharma and plagues. The deep state produces nothing and takes everything. In the dark economy, baby killing is big business. Planned Parenthood makes millions, and the FDA buys fresh fetuses. Anti-abortionists are attacked. Morals are maligned. Just judges jeered. Teens are trannied so they can be raped. When they're raped, they're impregnated to make more babies, to abort and sell. Those not aborted are pimped. Less morals promote prostitutes and more addicts and more blood money. In the coming revolution, there'll be Pauls and Sikari. Which are you? Conceived and raped, orphaned and adopted, claimed by Christians, indigenated by indigenous, tribally trained, martial arts mastered, psyops and special forces served. Decades of duty in DEA and DIA. Intelligence inducted, deep state betrayed, Yeshua saved. Dedicated to Republic rescue, American exceptionalism, and redemption by God's grace. I'm Jeff Prather, and this is the Prather Point. Welcome, everybody. Happy to uh, be with you. Thanks for all your uh, support recently. Um, really appreciate uh, uh, your great comments, uh, especially over June 4th, which was Tiananmen uh, anniversary, and then Midway, which was January 5th, and June 6th, uh, D-Day. And uh, yesterday, happy birthday to the Army. There was a uh, Army before there was a country fighting for a country that did not yet exist. And Flag Day, uh, those of us who honor the flag, not uh, Pedo Joe and Joe's Pedos, who put the satanic gay LGBT flag centerpiece uh, flanked by the American flag. That's incorrect. Um, but, uh, and I've got the comments up today. So yes, thanks for that you like initiation. I'm glad you're reading that. That's about emotional adulthood. Um, uh, I see the fathership saying Scalia breaking whistleblower who exposed the Biden bribery scheme has been found dead. Yes. Um, Seeing all that, but I have a very special guest today. I'm really happy to have her back on. She was on my Brighton show, uh, and I got her. She's awfully busy now. She's doing great work, uh, and uh, she is an artist like me, except she's a lot better artist than I am. She was an insider. Um, I was inside the intelligence community. She was inside uh, the big pharma uh, community. She's an entrepreneur like I have been uh, as well, and she's a truth teller, a, br- a very brave lady. She is from... Ukraine originally, uh, then was um, in the fallen Soviet Union and now an American, uh, a uh, wife, mother, uh, artist, uh, and also real exposing uh, the covert COVID uh, pandemic, uh, the mRNA and hydrogel uh, murders, but really from an insider's perspective, the way I'm able to tell you about the intelligence community, she's able to tell you about how big pharma uh, does things. And so I'm really happy to have her back, and we're going to do a deep dive. So uh, welcome back, Sasha Latipova. Did I get your bio right? Uh, yes, yes, that's that's right. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey, for inviting me. And you had two, you, you had your own two companies, but you worked with all the major, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, all of them, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were my clients, yeah. 
And so then you got pulled back in like me. I thought I was retired and done. You're like, oh, no, got to jump back in here. God wants us to expose all this stuff. Um, And so I'm, uh, you know, I really credit you with explaining to me that it really wasn't the China virus. Uh, It was probably released there. Maybe it's a military game, but really it starts in Fort Detrick. Uh, But really, even before that, it starts in all the big pharma contractors uh, mm-hmm. via DARPA and BARDA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agencies, the Biological Advanced Research Projects Agencies uh, as well. And that's the way the CIA does that. They'll contract people out so there there is legitimate denial. It's the same kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Do I have that right? Uh, yes, exactly. So the the this uh, bio bioweapons research is originating in in the United States largely. Uh, and then from there, just from the funding, I would say, and a lot of a lot of associated science happens in U.S. academia, um, and uh, funded by the U.S. Um, agencies such as you know DARPA, DITRA, uh, CIA, you name it. There are numerous of them, uh, and uh, and so they, they basically hide this uh, weapons research in uh, under pretense of making vaccines and biological products and medicines and, you know, doing science, but in, essentially all of it is, it's, you know, just making poisons and weapons and these, these kinds of being able to pull off, you know, hoaxes like this uh, on a large scale. So, you know, I think it, overall, it looks like it started, well, it starts in a, in a, uh, a big pharma project, goes to DARPA, BARDA, goes to Fort Detrick, goes mm-hmm. to, Harvard military games goes to Wuhan or whatever. I'm not sure that's that important uh, of following uh, the release uh, and everything. But I think uh, there's a lot of debate now is it does look like it was weaponized uh, by U.S. biotech, but then maybe set up to look like it was uh, released in Wuhan. And that to me looked like there were two competing narratives uh, and they didn't keep their story straight. I'm very familiar with people doing that. And so uh, they kind of st- tried to cover that, different parts of the government. Uh, can you comment on that? Is that within your lane? Yeah, I I am pretty sure the release or deployment was uh, of the, whatever was the toxin that they were using to generate initial symptoms. Um, it might have been even, you know, uh, we, have, we have good evidence that it was, released or deployed months before Wuhan. And also just to generate the scale of this, um, you would need to do it in multiple locations anyway. So Wuhan was just, you know, they just pointed to Wuhan. Oh, you know, started there. But in fact, it was deployed clearly everywhere in many places, including, you know, like um, at some point, um, even Stanford conducted looking for antibodies in in the Bay Area. And they found that, you know, it was circulating way before. So, like, clearly there were deployments everywhere. And you would need to do it that way. It doesn't, you know, because these 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 um, agents, they don't spread by themselves. People are being told this uh, mythology that, oh, you can just, like, you know, break this jar with viruses in this one location and it will go all over the world. No, none of this happens in reality. Like, it does not work that way. Uh, uh, so that that that's why I'm saying, like, you know, the deployments were probably targeted, they're geographically targeted. There is very good evidence from um, epide- epidemiological data, you know, like the, the illness and deaths from COVID that we could say, like, you know, legitimately was from COVID. 
uh, it did not occur like an illness. It, it's very consistent with deployment of some sort of a toxin, uh, targeted deployment. And we can see that because we have records now, data that shows uh, that they, they mailed out live anthrax to over 100 labs. They mailed it out to labs that didn't even ask for it. Uh-huh. So it's, a, it's a standard procedure for them to do this, yeah. uh, to run this. I can't remember where that came from, but I saw that someplace. Um, uh, and I saw your substack on that, that this is it's trying to be like a movie where it, where it spreads. And, and in fact, a lot of these guys watch movies and then and then try and develop scripts around them. Uh, well, yeah. So, so what I, I was, you know, I started getting interested. I'm actually going to publish more on, on that particular issue of the, this predictive programming through literature and movies and shows and everything. Uh, that how they sell the how they train people to like they put your brain on rails, and you know this story like this narrative only, and so that you don't consider anything else. So you like, but of course, you know, viruses, like if you just like release it in one location, it goes all over the world. No, it doesn't. Uh, so, but they just tell you that in all these shows specifically so that you believe that. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this, this, this whole narrative is uh, like, they train everyone to believe these, these narratives and they insert them in all kinds of shows. I'm actually like rewatching uh, one show. I recommend everyone to rewatch. And this is from t- starting in 2014. Uh, is blacklist. Uh, it's it, it tells you everything you need to know, especially you know starting somewhere like later in the uh, like late late first season, it's definitely second season and early third season, explains all of it. Uh, th- like you know, I I don't need to tell you, but you like once you watch it, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> I get I, it. Now. I will, yeah, I will check that out because I see that all the time. I just. I just um, was. Um, what's the movie with Sean Connery where he's the Russian sub commander uh, stealing the Russian sub, and the Navy thought that was great, and everybody loved that movie. And it was actually uh, in my day, I I ran up against Ali North uh, and the Contra Cash and Clintons thing, you know. And I've never thought Ali North was a good guy because he mm-hmm. built the Clinton cartel of death. But another covert operation was the U.S. Navy simulating Russian subs going into European Swedish waters and everything and running themselves aground. And that, and the narrative of that movie, Hunt for Red October, was really the cover for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what that happened was then it, then um, the U.S. lost all credibility, just like uh, Ali North trying to run this covert operation uh, built the Clinton cartel of death. It's the same thing. You start to see the mm-hmm. patterns of what they're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just think in, in this area, it's a lot more difficult, but blessedly we have you with your expertise uh, to explain it to us from the, in, as an insider. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, you know, not as difficult as you think. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, we, we can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to um, delve into, I was looking at your Moderna history part one and mm-hmm. two Substack. I just thought it was brilliant. I loved it. Maybe it's because I work in biotech for the good guys, competitive intelligence, uh, but um, it's a pretty deep dive. But you're basically saying uh, that these guys are completely started by uh, various black projects, DARPA, BARDA, then other CIA black projects as well. And they got a bunch of front people. But um, And I was also kind of really surprised to see Alexion and AstraZeneca 
as uh, because they should be competitors. Why would they be investing in a competitor, so to speak? So I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through this. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so uh, the the investment is not unusual. So that happens all the time. And I'll I'll cover that. So that that's not the unusual but 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 those were very very interesting pieces of information these these investments and what happened with them. Uh so like but the the part one um well Moderna always struck me as an odd company and I initially thought that they were started with the you know legitimate team and technology and over time because they almost went out of business uh then they got taken over by the military but now it seems that actually they were from the start they were uh, uh pretty much a, a military project um and uh, so what what is very very strange about this company unlike any other legitimate biotech startup and i've i'm familiar with many uh and i've worked with them as clients i've so i i know what the real one looks looks like. And then when I started reading about this one, it just, you know, a lot of red flags came up. Uh, so first of all, it's the, the co-founders, um, they were never very prominent. The only one I, I found through news articles um, was uh, their, their financier, their financier from start to finish is this person uh, of Armenian descent, uh, Nubar Afiyan. He's a little bit like lower in this, in the Substack. Uh, so, so he runs a huge uh, investment fund, uh, ostensibly venture fund called, called Flagship Pioneering. Yeah, this guy, uh, uh, Flagship, Flagship Pioneering in Boston. And so he invested in Moderna from 2011 and continued investing. And he's the only lead financial investor that that invested in all of their investment rounds, of which I think they were 12 or 13. And uh, so the, so he's always the lead. That's a, that's a flag in itself because you're like, because these are all private investments and he's a private venture fund. So essentially what you're saying, like what typically they want to do is, you know, they'll invest in the first couple of rounds, maybe seed and series A, and then they want to bring others so that that validates their right. yes. hypothesis, their investment thesis, that this is actually a good technology, it's valid, you know, it will, it will have a future. So just to protect themselves to their own investors, right. yeah. they need external validation of the pricing that they're setting up. But yet we, we see this guy setting up pricing for his own previous investments. So he's like marking up his own previous investments throughout this time. And for him, money never runs out. He has this like amazing spigot of cash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see here. He's one of the busiest men in venture finance. Oh my gosh. Super achiever type A. Right. Uh, I love that. Uh, yeah. Because they, they they want to mitigate risk, so they bring in other people. They also want an exit strategy. They want to get their money back and get their investors' uh-huh. money back as well. And you're saying he doesn't act like that. He, he doesn't act, act like, like that. that. He 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 has a huge portfolio of companies. If you look at this at his uh, website, flagship pioneering, huge portfolio of companies, a huge number of uh, people working in that fund, uh, and all of them are about genetics, RNA, different types of RNA, modifying genes agriculture surveillance of agriculture and food and you know and, and all of those WEF affiliated goals right you know they want to uh, mess with your genes and they want to mess with the food supply and control it 
so that nobody can do anything. So like they want to control it, corporatize it, surveil the hell out of it and, you know, poison <laughs> our food supply, essentially. <laughs> so yeah, yesterday oh, I, had on, I had on Nicole Tsai. She is uh, for the new federal state of China. And I was asking her if the CCP was worried about the bio labs in Taiwan. And she goes, no, the CCP's in bed uh, with WEF totally because the WEF report on China just came out. And I see here uh, that you're writing about uh, Putin's close friend, Aurora. Um, but I assess Putin as an enemy of the WEF because he's taken on the biolabs in Ukraine. I don't Do think he's with that or no? I, yeah, I, I wish he were, he were, but it doesn't seem like it because they do the same exact WEF agenda things in Russia and even, even more than anywhere else in the world because it's already a totalitarian state. It never like stopped being one. Uh, so, but here, what I was writing about is this guy, Nubarafian, who is the, you know, the financier of Moderna, like the, the venture finance person from Moderna. And he's the chairman of the board still. So from the, from 2011 until now, he's the chairman of the board of Moderna, but he's a cl very close friends with this other Armenian person, uh, uh, uh Ruben Vardanyan, who, uh, was very nearly sanctioned by the U.S., And then he avoided sanctions by transferring his assets, you know, and Putin revoked his uh, citizenship. Uh, and, and that was presented as if, you know, Putin kind of like kicked him out, right? Revoked his citizenship, but that was actually helping him to avoid sa sanctions and transfer his assets. And now he is a president of this uh, breakaway republic, Nagorno-Karabakh, which is basically controlled by Russia. And, and it's one of those... Um, you know, one of those uh, places where they set up, you know, permanent state of civil war uh, on the borders, you know, it's just as in, in Ukraine, it was Donetsk and in Armenia, Azerbaijan is, is the this Nagorno-Karabakh region where so, he... So you're, so you're saying that that is now kind of like a Wagner group. It is kind of a covert, constant civil war uh, yeah. asset. Yeah, and, and so he's the, and he's like the feudal lord there which was is a vassal of putin and so so my hypothesis is putin may have even personally invested into moderna because he's a he's a close friend of a very close friend of the guy who funds it and there were a lot of uh you know i you know i can't prove it because the private investors are uh, uh confidential in these uh, venture funds but there were you know, a large number of different funds, including uh, Afian's several several funds, through which you can easily invest into Moderna ahead of time. And I, you know, Putin would be stupid not to do it, and probably did. Um, uh, so, along with many other people, like there are more, there are even disclosed ones, like United Arab Emirates sovereign fund invested in Moderna, and that's disclosed. Um, so the, the bunch, I'm sure a bunch of Chinese entities invested in it as well, because it was, uh, also in addition to being, you know, like the financing of weapons and development of these covered weapons, it was also a huge money-making, uh, exercise for everyone involved. So why, you know, they all of course want to participate in that personally to, to personally and to finance further, uh, their, uh, activities, you know, I, I love your description of a feudal Lord because it's like, They've got their pharma castle and their pharma mm -hmm. uh, serfs uh, uh -huh. around them. And then they create whatever crisis or chaos uh, that they want. So uh -huh. how, how does um, 
two K. There's uh, Kolomoski, 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 uh, yeah. Kolchin, and there's also I don't know. Do you know Kolchinsky? Peter Kolchinsky uh, is an American big pharma guy, uh-huh. uh, and he's on Twitter. I know you just got censored. I just got censored on Twitter, but he uh-huh. has been talking on Twitter about how the government is going to now control everything, and they're going to roll out all of these. He talks about it from an insider perspective uh, as well. But they're kind of they're all these competing competing feudal lords. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but that's really helpful to to understand. Uh, but but comment on those if you know Kolchinsky, if you've worked with him I, or Kolomoisky. No, I don't know Kolchinsky. Kolomoisky is is uh, actually from my hometown, but I never you know I just know uh, that on my home like region. Um, that's where he's 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 the oligarch there. But I already I I left the country. Uh, when the Soviet Union fell apart, you know, a few years after. And so the, all this, these oligarchs, they kind of appeared afterwards. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not really following that very closely, but, you know, I just kind of, it, it occurred to me that this, this relationship here is very, very interesting. <laughs> it is. And then, of course, we finally found out that there were 46 U.S. biolabs in Ukraine, but mm-hmm. I've never gotten a number of how many bi- big pharma uh, labs, hundreds that there were, all of the big. Names. Oh yeah, yeah. So the the bio labs. That's actually I'm gonna have a a, a a post soon on Substack. I've scheduled it already about the bio labs. There's a really good documentary about it. Not about Ukraine. It's about Georgia, but it's exactly the same playbook. And uh, the uh, the um, these bio labs. Okay, so there's like 47. Uh, how, how many? Uh, we don't know exact number. It may be hundreds of them there, legitimate and and less legitimate. Uh, but there are people don't realize we have 300 in the U.S. So uh, and then there are about thousand all over the world. That's what DOD admits to in their white papers. Um, and, yeah, that's, uh, just, that's just the overt ones they admit to. That's not the covert ones. Uh, yeah. And how many of those are BSL four? I know they're in Taiwan. I know they're in um, uh-huh. Indonesia because that's where uh, Garuda, the big exercise, just went on to. I think to protect those bio labs. Pelosi went from ta- uh, Taiwan to Indo- Indonesia to Apple Biotech. There's an Apple Biotech in Ukraine. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. And those biolabs, you know, I, 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 the way I explain it to people, um, the, it's, it's, they're mostly storage, they're mostly storage locations. That's why, they, because there are very, very many of them. So because the, as I said, this, these, these agents, whatever the agents they're making, they don't travel by themselves. They need to deploy them. They also have. They're also pretty fragile, and uh, they're you know they don't last very long. So you you have to have this infrastructure of you know large number of the labs because uh, you can't ship it very long distance. So it's, there's a lot of technical difficulties with this, and so that's why they have this distributed network of storage primarily. Uh, there's some some of them are making new. Uh, uh, compounds and new chemicals and mostly it's chemicals like you should think about it as chemical weapons more than biologicals the distinguished it, it's they're both chemical it's just that a proper chemical is small molecules and biologics are large chemical molecules very large ones and they're unstable by definition because they're large and so that's the only difference otherwise they're all really chemical weapons 
They need to be produced and stored. Some places, most places just store them. Some places make them. Usually the most problematic ones are outside of, like in places like Ukraine and Georgia, which is like outside of US jurisdiction and conveniently on the border with Russia. Uh, uh, And so there's also a bunch of them in the Middle East. In China, obviously, it's a great location for them. Um, And they also need skilled people, educated people. So they can't quite like place them in the middle of Africa. Uh, so they need to go to places where they have educated and they have scientists, the proper scientists who can handle this. And, you know, so that's why they choose Russia, you know, like Ukraine, Georgia uh, and uh, China. Um, so that's that's basically what it is. That That's U.S. overt and covert uh, biological chemical weapons programs. Uh, yeah, just, we, CBRN is the new, it used to be NBC abbreviation, now it's CBRN, mm-hmm. Chemical, Biological, Nuclear, Radiological. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've written on that too. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm also interested to understand, then down here you talk about this mysterious person, and there's oh, several yeah. that show I, up I, all over the place, but there's no real, they, they, they place them so that they can place stuff through them, but they're not even necessarily real people. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're like are, cyber fronts, uh, yeah, cyber so storefront personalities, avatars almost completely. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like more or less avatars. So this this one, I actually uh, somebody told me what that was. Um, uh, th- that mysterious person that the down below, yeah, the the oh, so that's a Bitcoin fund apparently, although it's listed as a person and. Uh, uh, but but it is some kind of a Bitcoin fund that's probably based in India. And as I said, this is very international right from the start. Uh, then we have more interesting person. I mean, this is the most interesting man in chemistry in the world, uh, <laughs> Robert Langer. And <laughs> uh, him and Charles Lieber, who is also, you know, who has been accused of, of uh, espionage and uh, I, I believe. Oh, no, no. Charles was not accused of espionage. He only was accused of not performing. It was only his military intelligence lieutenant that fled to China. She was accused once they let her ah, go. Okay. He just got, he had two days in jail and paid a $50,000 uh, fine, which he got $50,000 a month in Wuhan. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So them two. Uh, so the, so Charles, Charles Lieber and, and Robert Lanyard. And I don't know why they had to like do this scandal about Charles Lieber. Probably he didn't do something that he was supposed to or whatever he 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 was uh he was punished a little bit uh but uh but this guy robert langer um well he is he's the guy he invented absolutely everything in chemistry uh, <laughs> you know and uh, published all of the papers that exist <laughs> he's kind of like the al gore he's oh like yeah gore. yeah <laughs> And, and, you know, I did meet him at some point briefly at the conference. So he does exist. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, uh, for sure, the amount of achievement that's ascribed to him is absolutely not possible for one person. And so he's a cover. And obviously, he's he runs a lab at MIT. Uh, the lab is a chemistry lab. And its research interest is how to poison people uh, at the distance of space and time and how to control that. Uh, so, so that that's we call we that cover for action, cover for action. Yeah. So, cover so, they, so that you can, you can act. And in my day it was individuals, but really now it's individuals representing entities, uh, representing 
I guess, feudal lords who were in charge of pharma uh-huh. serfdom, I guess, is how we say that. Exactly, exactly. And so so the, the key words uh, we should be aware of is they, whenever they work on these uh, poisons, they call it drug delivery. So everything is drug delivery in these science papers. And uh, oftentimes it's because of cancer. Uh, so it, it, and if I had a dollar for every time they said drug delivery and cancer, I'd be like a, a trillionaire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously... Nothing has been done in terms of curing cancer, despite all these, you know, wonderful, wonderful inventions and this amazing lab that Robert Lanyard um, runs and Charles Lieber and a bunch of others. And uh, so and drug delivery, like legitimate drug delivery is really small area. Like it's not a big industry, but the amount of money that's being poured into it is just incredible. <laughs> well, you know, Clay Martin says they've cured cancer and they just keep running it and doing it. Uh, you know, the elites get, you know, cancer cures, but everybody else gets more cancer with, with each thing. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So, so like, but he's curing cancer with drug delivery. And, and interestingly, his uh, research interest is about hydrogels. And I have a very strong suspicion and a lot of, uh, Actually, some direct evidence also that these injections are hydrogels. So they're, 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 the vehicle is hydrogel, and then they formulate, they uh, insert into it various things, uh, including biological and chemical poisons. And his research is how to inject it, and then with external stimuli, whether it's um, ultrasound or electromagnetic radiation or some sort of frequencies, or temperature, or enzymes, uh, how to trigger a, a faster release of whatever's been injected before. And how, so that's exactly what I think. And so, and but I think that you got to overlay the chemtrails, uh, mm-hmm. the um, sabotage of releasing, like in the East Palestine, where they decide to burn. Uh, the toxic chemicals that's clearly they're releasing there's there's got to be a protocol there's got to be they've got a a diagram of wh- what we got to release where and then how we activate it uh mm-hmm. but it's a massive coordination effort um yeah yeah the 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 um the chemtrails i think uh well again this is a little bit speculative but from what i can understand they're they're doing their saturating the atmosphere with these particles that make it more electroconductive than it is. And so I, th- I think I saw where you just did a, I've had Dr. Anna Malasia on several times uh-huh. uh, and my team America medical headquarters is going to get with her and, and review data. But are you in agreement with her that everything is so saturated that the, whether it's the air or the water uh, or the ve- or the vegetables or the cattle that the elements that are in everything now. Um, so- I I I am not in agreement with that. So like I think the the I say environmental. So there is a there is a hierarchy of dangerous to less dangerous. And while all of it is overall you know should be considered toxic and dangerous and should stop obviously i don't want people to be paranoid um and really what you need to be worried about is injection if if it were possible to achieve their goals with just uh atmospheric spraying they wouldn't bother about you know generating this this whole 
COVID hoax to drive everyone into injections. I mean, that's that's a lot of effort, right? Uh, so and and really, the most dangerous thing is injections, and 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 this goes for all vaccines, mRNA and traditional ones. They're extremely dangerous, and they produce the disease, and they produce cancer. They they produce they they actually also drive obesity, believe it or not. Uh, because they destroy your microbiome. Uh, but uh, the, the the then the next one is drugs, especially the ones you take chronically. Uh, and then the third layer is this, you know, environmental exposure. So um, and but yeah, all of it is dangerous. And I think the goal of these spraying programs is to saturate the atmosphere, upper atmosphere, uh, especially with this with these particles that then can that they they become more electroconductive and they can use their power like various power weapons you know late, uh, frequency the, two, the direct energy weapons the resonance yeah, energy control. weapons yeah 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 so, uh, so is the goal you know uh, we go back and forth with uh, is the goal depopulation uh, because the popul- there isn't that much population the problem is really underpopulation in Europe mm-hmm. and America in particular i think the goal is more control and a symptom yeah. is people die from it, but the, they're obsessed with control via mm-hmm. electronic surveillance and different means inside, outside, above, around. Um, but I think a symptom is because they're putting so much metal in everything, people die. I don't really think, but a lot of people think it's about uh, mass murder. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, mass murder is part of it. Um, I think, so I, I'm also reading a bunch of uh you know, policy documents and even the documents that are believed to be, you know, controversial, like as far as, oh, maybe they're not real. The the reality is that the, those policies have been implemented. They've materialized. So whether the document itself is authentic, it describes accurately what happened, right? And, uh, and so I think the population control overall, so this is all about population control. Uh, control means you control all the aspects of, of the behavior, but you also, ah, control- yes, yes, I, yeah. yes, yes. It's, it's so just you want like, to dumb down, fattened up, dull, uh, drugged yeah. up. Yes. I told, mm-hmm. and, and if you look at Stalin's relocation program or the Khmer mm-hmm. Rouge or, uh, the Holocaust, or whether you look at, uh, aborting babies, um, yeah, it's, it is to bring about a behavior. Yes. Yeah. And, and and then and then for, to the extent that they want that. So they need to establish the total control. And to the extent that they need to establish total control, they also need to reduce the number of people because obviously it's a big scale pro, uh, problem. Uh, but they always these policies of controlling population, including uh, murdering them uh, kind of on the down low so that it's not very obvious. Uh, have been in place for decades, as long as you can like trace, you know, you can trace it back even 100 years. Uh, and that was like a very systematic objective in, in order to establish control. And they always talk about if there are too many people, we have a problem. What's the problem? Well, we lose control. Right. So so that's that's why they are. It's it's kind of like together. The main objective is control, and you can only control you know limited number of people. That's why they want it limited. That's very true. That's very true. That's why squads are certain numbers. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. makes total sense. That, yeah. that that's a very uh, lucid, uh, concise. Uh, but uh, along the way, you got to kill off a lot of folks, and there's no problem with killing off. So I just got a 
this is I you, you kind of talk like me here, an idiot picked for a certain ceremonial <laughs> role. That's my I use that on the range a lot when I'm teaching firearms. It's a technical term, idiot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but and then the Boston Children's Hospital Protein Institute or whatever it, uh, it's called. Um, uh -huh. So I think this is really important because you're exposing them as an expert insider with if we could get into court uh, expert testimony. You know, you know, if we could do that, if if the courts weren't so corrupted, but it's really giving, it's really starting to let people understand the weapon systems that are being used in what I call, and a lot of people call, fifth generation biodigital uh, warfare that, mm -hmm. that's going on. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead, please comment on that or hold forth on that. Yeah, so this person is also is listed as co-founder of Moderna. But what's interesting, you know, uh, outside of uh, Bansell, uh, yeah, he's an idiot picked on this for the ceremonial role, uh, and uh, Afian, the rest of them are incredibly quiet about their uh, being co-founders of Moderna. This is such a huge success story. This is, you know, the Cinderella little biotech that became, you know, multi-billion dollar company, ostensibly saved, you know, millions of people with this new revolutionary technology. You would be like, you know, shouting from the rooftops that you are one of the co-founders. And yet we see the the main group of co-founders are extremely quiet. And even on their, you know, their, their ne I've never seen this person until I got a paid subscription, like very expensive subscription to a database, uh, with a financial database to, you know, trace all this to figure out that he was actually, that he exists, that he's a co-founder. I, I, I'm not even sure whether he really does exist. This person, you know, I know, I know Langer exists, but... Uh, <laughs> I had a, I had a, I was working with a good guy biotech, uh, and it it got sold, and they won all kinds of awards because it made a lot of money. That, mm -hmm. and that was the whole thing. But then we went to this award dinner with the good guys, and they put up a video, and we watched the video, and there was nobody who had done the good work in the video at all. We were like, who are these people? There, mm -hmm. there was nobody real in the whole thing. The whole thing was a fraud. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So, so that's so that's Moderna, Moderna, and then you know, so these these ostensibly co-founders, and yeah, one the the um, what's his name, Rossi, at the beginning. Uh, also, he does exist. I know people who know him, but he's a like he has a bunch of these biotech companies, and then he's a producer. He's a producer in Hollywood. So Castle Rock Entertainment, you know, yeah, this guy. Uh, <laughs> So he's a biotech expert and producer in Hollywood. And a producer in Hollywood. He's, yeah, with uh, Rob, uh, Rob Reiner, actually. And so, and, and I, I do know some people now in, in LA and Hollywood, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> well, they have been very successful at this, but, but uh, you know, I just was looking at how there are more and more revolts in China uh, happening. Uh, and if you're looking for a controlled population, China is a controlled population, mm -hmm. but they are having trouble controlling their population. I don't think there's a lot of revolt in America yet because life is so easy in America. People, people who have never lived anywhere else don't know how easy, rich, fat, soft, mm -hmm. easy life is in America. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, but if they're losing control uh and China is a big source of this because they sponsor big tech. They sponsor big pharma. Uh, they're in with the WEF. 
uh, as well, and they're losing control there, that's kind of where it's starting to fade from the source. I think it's going to continue to fade, uh, especially with your your good work. I mean, uh, everybody I talk to in the special operations community says we're winning. We will win. They're going to lose. It's going to a lot of people are going to die, but they'll never be able to sustain this. Um, yeah. What are I, your feelings I, on that? I, I agree. I agree. They're not going to be able to sustain it. The, the the reason they were able to for such a long time is that they were very careful keeping it on the down low, like keeping it at kind of like simmering level, slowly, slowly, you know, boiling the frog. Um, and uh, but now it's in the open and that's and that's very bad for them. Also, the the systems that they put in place in order to achieve this goal of total control are backfiring on them. Like they, they, these systems have in them our, you know, they're, they're becoming our tools to fight, which is. Yes. yes. We're turning the claymore on them. Yes. Yeah. And so people are becoming more aware. We're using the same, we now can connect with each other easily all over the world. So, okay. They, they have this globalist. uh, Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i apologize she's a real mom in her real life there so yeah <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so so yeah so what i'm saying like the, the systems that they put in place uh the, the communications um the the internet the social media even though you know, okay, they can ban me on Twitter. Who cares? I, I don't. I don't care. I, I didn't get any engagement there anyway. But uh, uh, we we have access to people. I I've been able. They banned. This is the second time they banned me on Twitter. Uh, they banned me early on because I was speaking up, and I'm I'm a farmer person, and they immediately went after those. Then I sort of have my back my account, and like in a couple of months they banned me again. Again, which is and now it's a new Twitter with Tucker Carlson having his you know, true telling show and, you know, all that, of course, it, what but do they do? They the moment, that's too much. Yeah. Uh, but me? No, I get to be, get Ben. Tucker can talk. <laughs> well, he talks generally about big pharma influence. You go inside the details. I yeah, mean, I'm, like telling, I'm telling them how that, yeah, I can explain you how exactly the crime is committed. And you know what pharma is, while they're evil and should be disbanded? They're not the head of the operation, but as long as you, you know, as long as you do this, you know, if you, you if you want to stay on Twitter, you have to do the narrative that oh, it's pharma, pharma board of politicians, you know. As long as you preserve the state, preserve the the intelligence, uh, preserve all those all that apparatus that's doing this evil, yeah. Yeah. you're fine. You can just point to like these other uh, marginal elements of it. Uh, and, and you'll be okay. But as long as you start going for like the jugular, oh, okay, you're gone. Um. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that is very true. And I, and I think farm, I think Tucker's trying to do a good job, mm-hmm. but these guys are not, they don't have the experience. They don't have my intelligence experience, your big farm experience uh, mm-hmm. to, to get inside and understand that. I mean, George Webb has done a great job, but he doesn't understand it the way you do, you know, from the inside that we can laugh at these people. I can recognize this because this is what cover for action. This is what cover identities, you know, look like. And mm-hmm. I can see that it's very similar to uh, it's just taking it to a, a corporate level, what I call corporate cartels. Uh, uh-huh. now. But let's yeah. talk a little bit about uh, solutions, option, answers. Um, 
because it's I never want to just present uh, problems and we we are in agreement that they are going to lose. Not that a lot of people haven't died and a lot more people aren't going to die. That is going going to happen. Uh, but I saw you t- you talked about an Idaho county mm-hmm. that was passing res- revolu- resolutions. You know, I had Pascal Najadi, and he's either being scammed or he's just interested in uh, publicity. But this Watts case uh, coming against Austin and the DOD, that looks uh, real. And I think it's out of Missouri or Louisiana. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the the Watts, the George Watts case, uh, this is a very interesting case that's finally actually framing the problem correctly. Um, and I, I, I wrote, yeah, the Substack about it. And so this is the story. George Watts was a 24-year-old uh, student in, um, I believe, Pennsylvania or upstate, I think Pennsylvania. And, uh, and he uh, took the vaccine because of the um, uh, mandates in, in the college. And uh, he got two doses of Pfizer and he died from it. He, he even waited because he was waiting for assurances because he was somehow associated with the military. He was a contractor or something. I can't remember. Uh, uh, no, I don't think he was a contractor. He's a, he's a, he's a student. Uh, yeah, they, they, he, they were waiting because they wanted the approved product, you know, for real, you know, concerns that if it's experimental, it's not, you know, particularly uh, safeguarded. So they were waiting for the uh, FDA approved product. And so finally, the, 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 when the FDA uh, product was approved, he took the uh, two doses and he died. Uh, and um, his family is now suing. And uh, the, the case is framed against the Department of Defense. And the substance of this case is because the Department of Defense lied and did the bait and switch uh, well, as part of the U.S. government, uh, HHS and the Department of Defense, they were both lying about it. But uh, the the because the Department of Defense ordered and uh, oversaw all the manufacturing of the of these uh, shots through Operation Warp Speed, th- they are the defendant in this case and Lloyd Austin specifically. Uh, so. Yeah, so so the their the case uh, the complaint states that this is because of the bait and switch because he was told this is an approved product but in fact only bio and tech emergency uh, use authorized version was available in the United States and still is we don't have uh, community being shipped in the United States. It's never uh, been produced ever. It, uh, it hasn't I, been produced. There are a I couple of Siglafon. Uh, he's the uh, doc. He's the only doctor down at Fort Huachuca. And I've had Davis Janssen, the attorney who got the Navy uh, ensign uh, off. And he's the one who said, hey, it's, you know, never. He finally got it to the board. Um, that it, It's never been produced in the United States, at least. Yeah, it hasn't been shipped. Uh, the the FOIA'd, um, uh, RNC FOIA'd uh, all the shipments in the U.S., although that data ends um at the end of no, not at the, yeah, some sometime in the fall of last year. So it's it hasn't been updated, but for the purposes of George Watts, you know that covers the entire period, and so there has not been any community shipments in the United States at all in that period, and so uh, that's what they're saying. Uh, and I think that's a that's a that's an amazing framing of the problem. The case is uh, funded by uh, Children's Health Defense. Um, and there, you know, the lawyers are involved uh, from there. Um, and it's something to watch. I, the, the problem with all of this is you can only sue 
for and, and they're suing to breach the PrEP Act immunity uh, because the only exception to PrEP Act immunity is uh, willful misconduct. So they're saying it's a willful misconduct because you lied because you did the bait and switch and uh, this guy, you know, fell victim of that. Um, and so, so that's what they're trying to do. But in order to do that, there's the only court you can bring the case under this is Washington, uh, Washington DC district court. And, uh, this, the family had to go through, uh, countermeasures, uh, complaint or, or filing, uh, um, claim uh, through countermeasures. Uh, I think it's countermeasures fund or something like that. So you can't even sue under the vaccine. You have to go through this countermeasures, uh, process. Uh, it has only paid out like $8,000 to date in like four, four claims or something. Uh, it's a joke. Okay, it doesn't even you'll never see any any uh, penny out of it. Uh, importantly, uh, you have to wait for 240 days for the response. They did not receive any response, and so only then you can sue. Only in this one court, um, and uh, also the way the law is written is uh, well, you know, you can do all that and you can allege willful misconduct, but you know what? If it's if it's the government or government agent, then U.S. government has sovereign immunity. You can't do anything. So the case is also uh, stating that that last part is unconstitutional because we have a Fifth Amendment and uh, this person was deprived of life and he must have a recourse against the United States government and the Department of Defense. Wow, you should do uh, get a JD too. You're uh, very... Uh, well, what about some of these characters? What about some of these personalities? Uh, are they liable? Because people are looking at hospitals' uh, insurance policies as well, because they're all lawyered up. It's the I don't know if you ever seen that movie Ghost Town, where he dies and and the surgeon has the lawyer whispering in her ear the whole time. They're scared to death of that stuff. Is that another is that another way to go with this? Well, to to sue these guys, uh, that's you know you have to go after uh, Moderna, and I would love to go after Moderna and uh, and Pfizer in non False Claims Act type of scenario, more of a um, you know, and, and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what those avenues are. They could be lying to shareholders, for example. Also, I mean, they did plenty of that. Um, and uh, it's essentially also about the ingredients, what's in the vials, the fact that they are not compliant with any um, good manufacturing practices. And by law, they're not supposed to be compliant with these good manufacturing practices, but that's the bait and switch. They did not tell this to the American public, they're not telling it to their patients, their shareholders, any stakeholders, their employees even. So uh, that's something that needs to be examined and, and we need to figure out a way to, to bring it to court as well. Well, big, big pharma companies, I mean, they don't even blink when they're sued for millions of dollars. They pay that mm-hmm. out all the time. That's just, the, that's how they do business uh, mm-hmm. all the time. But what about the, how ba- I know you're involved with how bad is this batch and those mm-hmm. metrics would, wouldn't that fit into if that can be brought in as um, evidence? Wouldn't that uh, fit into the bait and switch? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah. So w- that's a very good evidence. In fact, I used it uh, in uh, you know this Idaho um, uh, County Commissioner um, testimony, and that does get people's attention. Like they they do because th- mo- many of them are victims themselves. 
And so they they need to understand what's going on. So I think that's a very important uh, piece of evidence that we need to bring to our local communities because screaming at federal government about VAERS data, forget it. They they did it on purpose. They're the ones who, you know, it's you're going to the to the cartel complaining about the injuries and deaths that they're causing. Well, they, they intend to. Yeah. So what, you know. Yeah, they don't, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a listener who says, uh, do you have any thoughts on BlackRock proposing a new ETF for BTC today? Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know the details of that. You, you guys are over my head there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about Bitcoin. Uh, but um, uh, so, and, and again, I agree with your philosophy. It's got to be from the bottom up. The counties, the county level is the way to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Forget the high level stuff. Uh, there's not going to be any 2024 revenge tour. They're not going to uh, allow that um, mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um but, you know, let's come back to uh, where we started is kind of Ukraine, and you're certainly a Ukraine expert, uh, because uh, that, is a, that is a legitimate case within the United States. But Putin uh, and the Russian military and the Russian investigative board have brought a lot of stuff before the UN. They've brought a lot of stuff bet- before the uh, International Criminal Court. Uh, and as Biden moves to put the U.S. under uh, World Health Organization UN standards. It would seem to me then he's opening himself up uh, because it, when I look at the Soviet, the Russian stuff, it looks uh, well put together. Um, uh, where they're talking about the bioweapons, they filmed the bio labs, uh, and that looks like a legitimate um, international uh, legal argument. I know in Britain there have been a few little payouts, not much uh, mm-hmm. to jab damage. Um, but uh, but they're inside countries, they're outside countries, they're between countries, and it looks like someplace there's going to be a breach, and all this stuff is going to is going to connect at some point. But are you are there any thoughts on um, what? Because Putin has specifically said, very specifically, he's gone after uh, Biden and the Clintons, and in particular Obama, who went over to Ukraine in 2005 with Senator Luger to establish the bio labs uh, in mm-hmm. Ukraine. Um, any thoughts on those international legal efforts? Well, you know, I hope uh, in this case, you know, I, I hope they succeed in getting some sort of justice on this because, yeah, what the U.S. was doing is obviously breaching all the buffer zones, uh, all the, you know, like there was supposed to be a thousand mile, you know, buffer zone between NATO and, and Russia by design, right? That's how you prevent war. You establish these safety places where, where you know, Russians don't feel like, you know, the Russians have legitimate concern with the U.S. and NATO zones moving closer and closer and putting putting all this, not just the biolabs, but I mean, also that traditionally it was like military bases and, and missiles, right, within reach. So that was always a, a red flag and, and that would be immediately uh, counteracted somehow. And now they're just, you know, kind of creeping in. So they, instead of doing uh, traditional uh, military activities and and uh, explicit weapons, now they've come up with this re- really clever way of disguising weapons as medicines or, or weapons as science research. And, you know, they, they moved the bioweapons program that was in the 60s from the Pentagon into HHS 
into CDC, into NIH, uh, uh, they establish all these academic academic centers that are working on life-saving medicines. Or why do you have all these pathogens uh, in storage? Oh, it's because we need to, to do to make vaccines. You know, that's the cover story. And then under that cover story, they're you know spreading love and scientific research up to the border with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Love and scientific research. Well, I can tell you because I'm still doing competitive intelligence for biotech with the good guys is the big biotechs are losing money left and right. They don't know what to do. Their their whole product, they bought into all this stuff. None of it's real. It's all collapsing uh, inside. Yeah. And, and I say uh, to the guys I work with that the um, – the t- big tobacco precedents that were established by, I think it started in the Ohio Attorney General's office that spread across the country that went, then are, have gone to opioid. The same precedent used uh, in big tobacco was used in opioid. I'm saying that's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. All that yeah. precedent uh, is coming because back in, in, uh, in the 50s, you had doctors in white coats smoking cigarettes saying, oh, yeah, it's fine. No mm-hmm. problem. And uh-huh. now you got doctors in white coats doing the same thing. Uh, and they're yeah, already... It- they they're just waking up now because they've they've bought into all this um and and they should and they should absolutely wake up because you know another part and we kind of uh coming back to the moderna stuff uh that i was writing about in the second part is this the 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 fact that people don't realize is this uh moderna not only hurts you know patients because this is a this is a bullshit cover for weapons development, but they have to pretend to be a pharma company. So what do they do? They, they fool everyone, not just the patients and their own employees, but they also uh, fooled several large pharmaceutical corporations who got financially hurt through this, right? So so uh, the three ones I wrote about is Alexian, uh, which was, and, and this is from 2014. So everybody somehow forgets like these uh, failures and only focused on, oh, this is a revolution of technology. It's going to cure everything. But Alexian tried, uh, invested $125 million, had to write it off uh, for ostensibly uh, a low hanging fruit application of these technologies. That, that was supposed to be a slam dunk. It didn't. They had to write it off. Uh, AstraZeneca invested uh, like half a billion and Merck invested also something like two, three hundred million. All of those failed by uh, last year, so they returned the IP to Moderna uh, because they're trying. Like these are you know legitimate efforts trying to make it into a medicine, and it fails every time. So it does not work, and they do it over and over and over again, and they'll continue finding these idiots whom they now now they're selling the story of oh we're going to do rare rare diseases we'll cure rare diseases, and that's another BS story about rare diseases. They're pretty much all vaccine injuries, uh, intergenerational. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going and saying, oh, you have this syndrome and that syndrome and we're going to cure it. And the price tag is now like a million per patient per year. Right. And the public uh, reimbursement covers that. So that's their next BS hoax where they're going to pr- continue pretending being a pharmaceutical company. You know, but they but they hurt not just people. They also hurt large businesses. And whatever you think about Merck and AstraZeneca, they they do still produce drugs that you use, and they and they and they and they're good. And when they hurt them like this financially, oh, and another one is uh, Catalan in Indiana, who uh, who was a Phil Finish supplier 
or is for Moderna, which if you'll finish, basically you send them the product and they fill it into the vials and label it and package and do whatever. Uh, so that's a big manufacturer in Indiana. Uh, uh, they had huge contracts with Moderna. They also had other customers uh, who were making other important drugs. That's why we also have shortages of drugs currently. So they had another company that had a billion dollar product with them, filling and finishing that. Uh, What do they do? Well, Moderna can't quite supply the U.S. government. U.S. government Department of Defense came in and put priority rating on them. So kicked out this other client. So they have nowhere to go. Their product is hurting. We have shortage of these other drugs that we need. Uh, they, they give priority. You have to drop everything, kick out all the rest of your customers and go with Moderna. Now Moderna terminated the orders because nobody's buying their vaccine. Catalant is out of business. This is no, how. Yeah. I know exactly what this is because this is what drug dealers do. So I, yep. I was a agent down in Nogales, Arizona, a little town, nice people on the border. Uh, and the drug dealer, and at first everybody's like, they love the money. The banks love the money, the car mm-hmm. dealers, but pretty soon they take over everything and you walk into a shop and it's all dusty and you're like, what's that cost? And the guy doesn't know because nobody sells anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there, you know, as a stash house or a front house mm-hmm. and, and then everything, they end up controlling it. They, they destroy everything. And that's, yep. that's what's happened in the bio, in the, the um, medical field. CDC, mm-hmm. FDC, um, FDA, uh, they have no credibility. NIH, nobody believes them. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they're not careful, nobody's going to believe any of these companies uh, anymore. They're going to have to distance themselves and create some kind of new spaces like, hey, we're we're really actually making real stuff here. Uh-huh. We have to rename it now into something else. Because yeah. clearly this is this is going to be a dead zone. This, Yeah, c- correct. It's exactly like this, these drug cartels destroy local economies because everyone now works for the cartel and everything that legitimate that was going on, any legitimate business transactions, that's out of business. Uh, and how to restore that. And then, and then, okay, so Catalan goes out of business. And that's another thing. Like, So that's the Department of Defense goes around to the state governors and local communities say, oh, we're going to put this new biofactory here and you're going to be making all these vaccines. And then what happens? That what happens like with Cataland and then it's poof out of business and you're stuck with all of that. What Who's going to be paying those unemployed people now? You know, and that's well, huge. That's the problem too with the military strategy is mm-hmm. we want to manage these governments everywhere and we want to install our guys and that's not how it works and it fails everywhere, but mm-hmm. the military keeps doing it. Um, yeah. You know, they keep thinking they're great. And it's really sad for me, you know, as a retired veteran, you know, what are not that there, there weren't always abuses, uh, but I can see where this philosophy comes from, because this is the whole um, American empire uh, through militarization. Um, and now the militarization uh, is through big pharma. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very true. Yeah. Well, well. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Uh, I've got you. Got to come back again when you get time. I know you're you're busy, uh, but yeah, really great great dive. So people so people can follow you at your Substack. That's the best place. Not Twitter anymore. Yeah, Twitter is you know not not that like you couldn't even put uh, Substack links on Twitter anyway. But uh, yeah, you can't find me anywhere except Substack. So you guys have to subscribe for Substack. <laughs> well, the next, you, so you were on my Brighton show. You, now you're on Patriot. Now, ne- now next, you got to come to my American Media Periscope show, and we'll 
Okay. okay. All right. You have a lot of shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like you, I'm trying to save and rescue uh, you know, our country so our kids have yeah. a place to grow up. So, But thank you so much. It's been great. Really, I learned a lot. Kind of sad about uh, uh, R- Putin and Russia, but, um, you know, we'll just, just, we'll just have to do it on our own. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, th- thank you, Jeffrey. Okay. Thanks. God bless. Okay, there is the great Sasha Latipova, and we're kind of having a laugh as we look at this stuff, because uh, you got to laugh, uh, otherwise you'll just, you know, cry uh, all the time. You know, when I looked yesterday at the the Tomb of the Unknown for the Army Day, and uh, it just it wasn't even filled, and I was kind of like tearing up at dinner, uh, but we will uh, win this. So um, we are not always winning, but we will win, and winning is difficult, demanding, and always expensive. Tyrants always fall, and these big pharma Feudal lords will too. Tyranny always fails. Graphene is not in our DNA. It's not supposed to be, but freedom is, but freedom is never given. So fear not. God bless. Keep the faith and hold fast. We are winning and we will win. Everybody you see me, I put them on and ask, they say the same thing. But remember, nobody is going to give it to us. We are going to have to take it. Freedom is never given. It is fought for, won, earned, and taken. So take it.